0: This is this is when I was a four time drug dealer at the time, and uh, like I said, I was living that lifestyle. In the process of going through environments and going through uh, things in life, you start attracting certain things. And at five in the morning, as the as the feds came to my house at five in the morning, I got a home invasion at five in the morning, and all of a sudden, two guys bust through my door. Um, and in that process, it was in this big field of a shot. And I still went for my gun even in the process because at that moment, I had to think fast, like things that you know about in the streets because sometimes when people rob you, they'll shoot you after they rob you. So in my mind, I had to just take my shot because that night, they, they didn't know that I got on my knees that night with my ex-wife at that time. Afraid.
1: And in that moment of that happening, I did not know I got shot eight times. Welcome back to the Started Somewhere podcast. I'm your host, Ross Alex. Now, today, my friends, we're on episode 36, and I have Robert Kennan joining us all the way from Houston, Texas. Now, Robert is an incredible entrepreneur who has an amazing story. He currently focuses on owner financing and wholesaling real estate. He's all about the cash flow. Robert actually has a wild past. In fact, just a few years ago, he was a drug dealer who had to spend some time in prison. He even got shot eight times. Unbelievable. I know. In this episode, Robert shares with us how he turned his whole life around, what led to him getting involved in the drug game, and how he got out of it how he runs his business on a day-to-day, and how he was able to go from zero to hero. Of course, he shares with us all of the ups, the downs, the challenges, and the juicy stuff. Enjoy the show. All right, Robert, welcome to the show, bro. Man, I appreciate you, Ross, for the
0: invite, man. It's definitely an honor, brother. I appreciate you, man, from the bottom of the heart, man.
1: Absolutely, man. I'm so excited to have you here I know this has been a long time coming, brother. You're busy, crushing it. And uh, it's just a pleasure to have you here, man. So thank you so much for taking the time.
0: Absolutely. It's always a pleasure, man. When I first met you, Ross, I I fed off your energy even when you didn't even know me, man. So I've been a huge fan of your work ethic first and foremost and i've been a fan of your knowledge that you share to the universe man and i was one of those people that was watching you when you didn't know so it's an honor for me
1: yeah i appreciate that man thank you so much it's the power of social media right you never know who's watching
0: right right Absolutely. You know?
1: could be your next uh right. could be your next private lender watching you without you knowing your next partner on a deal like It's just social media is just so powerful nowadays, man. You know,
0: right, right, absolutely. man. I actually found out uh, that I, I, since social media just got real relevant, I've been actually connecting and doing a lot of deals outside of my business with social media,
1: social media is wonderful. That's incredible, man. So let's, let's talk about that, Robert. So for the people that aren't familiar with you and your work, what are you up to nowadays? Like, what do you, what's your day to day business?
0: Okay, great. Well, my day-to-day uh, business, uh, Ross, man, is actually dominating the market. Um, I have a team of different perspectives in my business uh, to keep the the beast, well, my, my method that I share with my team, you got to stay in beast mode.
2: Mm. You know,
0: uh, a lot of beast mode marketing to provide the options in my business that I have. Um, and the number one goal is to create opportunity to have cash flow, create opportunity to have uh, win-win deals with other people just to do the buy and exchange business. You know what I'm saying? So the marketing is my first and primary being in real estate because without marketing, you have no great deals coming in. So that's what I focus on to create those opportunities. To uh, One of my main things that I do is buy. I buy houses then I turn on and do owner finance. That's mm. something I fell in love with from one of my mentors and from a great guy, uh, Mitch Stevens, who shared that philosophy uh with me at a in a at a uh, lifestyle event, lifestyles event probably about four years ago, and that's what shifted my paradigm to want to do more owner finance in mm. my business
1: now. So Robert, for the listeners that aren't familiar with that real estate strategy of owner financing, would you mind to briefly break that down for us?
0: Absolutely. Um, Owner finance is like, if you go buy a car, you pay a down payment and you pay notes on the car. You just, it's really an owner finance because you put some money down and you created a note. Versus to the real estate, you go buy a house $35,000 Thirty-five thousand dollars cash, and uh, due to the market area, the, of the potential that the house has, you can sell it for uh, eighty thousand or seventy thousand, and create a note where somebody come in and drop drop you a down payment. You paid thirty-five thousand. You got a down payment probably for ten percent. You probably got um, ten thousand or nine thousand or whatever you got. So therefore, you create a note to somebody that got into a house at less cost, but now they have to fix up the house and they create that note for 15, 20, 30 years and you now become the bank because you're not involved in paying interest. I mean, you're not involved paying taxes or insurance. So you just Mm. need to lean over over a note and you can uh, choose to sell that note down the line if you choose, so you got money upfront you got money born in the process as a person in your house, fixed up the house, and you can get money at the end if you decide to sell the note. So it's like, you know, you can make a three-way um, deal flow right there.
1: So you just, you basically become in the bank.
0: Yes. Right,
1: your, your other people's banks.
0: all those, yes.
1: Mm. So why would somebody choose to own finance a property versus Going to traditional methods.
0: Well, you got to think about it, Ross. It's really like wholesaling, flipping, and buying whole all in one. You know what I'm saying? Because typical wholesaler's doing five, ten thousand. You know, these days numbers be small, uh, so it's really like all those dimensionals in one. Because at the at one thing about owner finance, there's a need for owner finance, and then that need. It's like a wholesale deal that you get some money up front. And in the markets of where I do the domination of the marketing, I get those houses because I already know the market places. You can do owner finance in low demographic areas or middle class areas Mm. because there's always a need for somebody that want to come in and have an opportunity. So owner finance will give you the opportunity to not only save on taxes and not have to pay taxes. It'll give you um, equity in the property that if somebody fixing up your property for you that you bought as is, and you got somebody standing there. So wholesaling is, is just that check that you just gonna get on the finance. I'm gonna get some money up front. Like you got a wholesale. If you buy and hold the property, you paying taxes insurance, if the AC roof go out, you gotta pay that some your whole year of buying home money went out the window. On the finance they paying me every every month uh flipping if you flip you're paying all these capital gains once they uh refinance you out you made a flip.
1: Mm. so it's and like this is a sweet spot. Yes. I you love I love it.
0: Yeah, so that's why I focus on that rocks I still do the wholesaler because that's what I started in. That's something that got me in a position to be able to buy houses uh cash with my own money. So that's something I'm always stick with because I, I mastered that trade too but owner finance is going to be with more of the bread and butter because I have a goal. I mean, of how much cash flow I want. So I stick with that first and have the other options available.
1: Mm. Now, Robert, I'm curious, what are your prerequisites and qualifications for people that want to buy houses from you owner financing? Well,
0: man, long as you legal, um, i do not discriminate on whether you have a job or not uh because some people um, have bought hostages for me and was on assistance but they had the money uh, to put down right um versus investors bought houses for me but i'm saying people from the community they had like they probably got a um they uh income tax check and they saved the twenty thousand. so long as you got that money to put down on my property and whatever demographic it, uh, area it's in, then we can fit those criteria to you in certain areas that we own the finance, it have to be a certain criteria because we go through a um, we go through uh, an RMLO. That's that's to keep the process in perspective because we're gonna put people as a note buyer, I mean a note a note holder to take care of that um, note that we have with you. So um, the qualifications, you know, kind of differate in certain areas, Ross, due well, to, to, you know, Katie uh, spring or something like that. Of course we want you to have, you know, a job, we want you to have certain criteria. So we want to just put you in a house and you're not qualified for it. We have a foreclosure. Because our goal is not to Our goal is to add value to as many people as possible through the owner finance process.
1: Mm. Right. And for the listeners out there, the RMLO, that's basically the hiring a loan officer, like an actual company, right? To qualify that buyer so that they don't get in over their head, right? right? And there's a bunch of regulations to stop us from you know, putting people in bad situations that they don't realize they're getting into, basically. Is that right?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And they are very important, to keep the the process kind of professional so that if you wanna sell your note later on, you'll have all the paperwork and all those formats and perspectives so that you can have all the regulations in place, the amortization, all those variations. And that's why I stick with those people because later down the line, you probably wanna sell some notes. Mm. So now the note body will see that you have everything in order and have the people that, and they know it's a good field because you know, they'll see the people qualified, this, that.
1: So those things work out for that. Yeah. Dude, it's a really powerful strategy, man. And, uh, you know, I'm super grateful to chat with you about it. Personally, I have not done an owner finance deal uh, in my business. I've done some subject twos. I just haven't actually done the process of owner financing. One thing for me that's kind of always steered me away, and this is probably just a limiting belief that I have, is being in a position where I have to foreclose on somebody and going through that process. Like, Has that been an issue for you ever? Have you ever had to do it? Um, You know, just curious.
0: Absolutely, man, not. I have not. And um, I got several houses in the areas where I come from and uh, houses in Beaumont, I have not to this day I've been in the owner finance business since 2017. I have not had foreclosed on nobody coming from uh, what I owner finance property because most people uh, think about the opportunity in that. And half of the houses that I buy, they fix them up themselves. So it will be, you know, foolish for them <laughs> to mm. go into foreclose on something they fixed up for me. So I can turn around and sell it up you Know get more value for it, so that's why I haven't yet. Um, had no for I have to do no foreclosure on no
1: one. It's interesting that you say, um, that your buyers are the ones fixing up the property. My interpretation of owner financing was that the property's already fixed up and then somebody buys it.
0: That's the strategy most people do, that's just like flipping a house, and that's what works best for them. But I, I would. Uh, I follow the model and don't reinvent the wheel. Because I'm not forcing somebody in the house, Ross. I buy it, I fix it up, cut the yard, have a cleaner crew coming down and I market it to a, to the demographics and whoever raised their hand, that who come get that house. And that's mm. and most of the houses that go on the finance, I have to you know i build a database for my owner finance customers so once my team put that out there to universe, and we collect this net so every time we get a house we blast to so many people that came through the net you know owner finance you gonna have 15 20 people over there in certain areas so they know already what they give into so it never been an issue
1: mm. that's us. incredible man so yeah. robert how, how do you how do you stumble upon this business right I want to take it back and uh, let's. You said okay. you've been in since since twenty seventeen in the owner finance space. How long have you been a full time entrepreneur now?
0: Man, I've been a full time entrepreneur. I'ma say, um, man, Ross, it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a story, man, within itself with that because I got self made within at the end of 2016 and i I say self-made where i came more self-dependent just me and building my business um at the um before before um january 2016 two years prior i was with one of the largest franchises in the world um i was a negotiator before him i started wholesaling coming from a violation from prison where I studied for a year and a half to get into the business. Then I stumbled across my first deal in 2013. And from 2013, somebody saw my talents because of my electricity, even though I wasn't doing a lot of deals, but I had a lot of electricity into the universe and somebody saw me and took me under this wing. So I'ma say it's about I've actually been in business myself, Ross. This is gonna sound crazy. I've been in business really going on like three years, brother. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Three years for myself, my own business. but I got several different LLCs, by my properties here. But being in my own business for me has been since 20, 2016 was when I got out from my violation, and twenty seventeen where where I. I Made some money from from October to twenty seventeen, where I, I had enough to buy quite a few houses. So that's when my business started. Mm. Twenty seventeen.
1: So three years on your own, and prior to that, you were working with the team, probably learning as you went. You know, doing it to make some cash, and really right. just uh, you know being a part of somebody else's company before right. going out on your own. Yeah, how did you stumble upon the real estate space, right? Like, why why real estate? Man, you know what, man, Ross, to be honest with your brother, I I stumbled
0: upon real estate. I stumbled upon real estate before I, um, well, I stumbled upon real estate through my past perspective in life because I, I used to be a drug dealer, Ross, um, growing up, you know, um, and that was something that I got from being around a lot of smart people um, around me, older guys, you know, uh, that who I was around growing up. And the real estate wasn't all the way in me, but that's where the seed came from. Then, the, then, where the seed started harvest, start growing through the harvest was when I went to federal prison uh, when I was 22 years old. Um, and I made the news with my team from California because we were selling um, drugs in different cities and different states. And that's where my seeds grew because I started studying wealth. Then, mm-hmm. in that perspective, I started meeting a lot of white-collar people that was enough for mortgage fraud, banking fraud. I've met some of the Iran guys, different people that wasn't enough for drugs but ended up for investment. This two million dollars and everything they talked about was real estate. So that's where all that information of for me to just dive in came from. when I was in prison.
1: Wow, holy smokes, man! Who who? Go figure, right? What you're doing right, right now. You learned about or heard about, planted the seed probably in some of the darkest times times of your of your life. Um, Absolutely. Which you know. Robert, before we get into that, because you mentioned years ago you were involved in uh, you know, some illegal activities and had to do some prison time even, which I definitely want to talk about. But I want to back up here. Let's, let's go all the way back to your high school era. Okay. What What was it like for you? You know, were, were you a good student in school? Did you enjoy school? Did you always know that you were going to go out and be on your own? Like, what did that whole era look like for you? Man, to be honest,
0: I'm laughing because it's I I, I I'm, I'm picturing it, the picture in my mind. Um, school was boring to me, Ross. School was boring. I was a good student, but I I skipped certain classes. To go hustle, I started watching my big brother when I was in high school um, because school was boring, man. Um, and 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 the token of that, I I dropped out of I dropped out of school um, and and went to full time hustling actually um, around by 16 years old. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, you know, so every day that I go to school, I was I actually went to school on the south side called Word. school called Word in Sunnyside and um I was going there. I went to the ninth and 10th grade man and went to, was going to the 11, and um, just found my way to the streets for a time and that's how I, you know I started going through those channels mm-hmm. but you know so I really didn't get to experience that high school where the prom and this and that when everybody was going to the to the um Games and stuff. I was going to games and stuff, but I wasn't really involved into all the extra things that people do in high school because my growing up in the hood, you become who you surround yourself with. So that was my mindset at the time to go to high school. Oh, this board, man, I can skip school and go hustle and make some money. You know, so that's, that was my perspective at that time.
1: Mm. Wow. So it sounds like you, you 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 grew up really fast, man, and got into uh, you know the streets. Coming from Sunnyside, Houston, Texas, which uh, for the people that are not in Houston, that's a pretty it's a pretty rough part of town, right? I don't know so much nowadays. I, I haven't been by there in a while, but uh, what was it like growing up in that area, man? Well,
0: I actually grew up in. Uh it's, it's kind of three parts of where I grew up. I went to school in Sunnyside. I grew up in South Park where my grandma stayed. Um, well, I ain't gonna say where my grandma stayed, she still got a house over there even though she deceased. Um, my mom uh, stayed in Yellowstone and all my cousins and uncles stayed in Third Ward. So I grew up in South Park, my mom stayed in Yellowstone. I was born in South Park, my mom stayed in Yellowstone but I was in third ward every day. So I was, you know, so I could say I was from all three of those areas, but technically I'm from South Park. So at those times, those demographics was way worse than what they are now. There's a lot of revitalizing around now in um, a lot of areas. A lot of areas have upgraded themselves. Um, so, you know, that's kind of like the, the new wave where everybody's trying to move back to the inner. In the city, because you know of the you know values, but in those days when I was coming to Ross, it was it was real rough, man. I'm talking about being around guys that 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 do all type of stuff that you see on these you know on these movies and stuff like that. Mm. So, but you know now, man, you know as you go over there now, Ross, it's a whole different type of perspective. Now it's a lot of people from um, the community. And my culture coming back, buying the block, revitalizing a lot of houses, regenerating the areas. So it's a different look
1: now, mm. which must be incredible for you to be able to see how how far the areas come over the years. Especially being that you're playing a part in that, and uh, you know helping these communities right. flourish uh, again. So it must be super cool. Absolutely, you know, man. Yeah, so Robert, I'm I'm curious, man. So you you got involved in in the drug game. And and this is something that you've been pretty open about on your social media channels. Right. And yeah, you know, I'm curious. Right. Did you did somebody like put you on to that or did you see other people making a lot of money and you wanted it too so you wanted to learn that business like you know, what did right. that what did that look like for you? Man, to be honest,
0: <laughs> I started seeing my big brother. Uh, he uh, he left home early and was standing with my uncles in Third Ward. So he used to meet up with me and give me money outside of my mom and dad. You know, I drive my bike to the area, and he'll pull out a wad of money. And it was like, you know, it was a lot of money. I'm Like, man, how did you get all this money, man? Mm. You know what I'm saying? And and that scene, you know, that seed started growing from that moment because being in the hood you're getting five or ten dollars from your mom and everything that's money you come coming over here meeting your brother that got pulling out way more money than your mama and dad you're like man what's this how you doing that mm-hmm. and and that's where that seed came from and being in those demographics you i saw it i drove around it you know oh, that's 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 the environment but first hand seeing my big brother that's what planted that seed and That's what made me get into that lifestyle in high school, like I was saying earlier to Ross. And it it just looked fun because you've seen that it was something that other people was embracing. And and when I got in it, Ross, at those times, being 16, I kind of progressed a little faster in that space because I used to ride around and watch these guys. And once I really got into it, my big brother used to uh, want to try to fight me and push me away because I'd just come sit on the corner where they was at. He'd run me off when he'd come out there. And this, this guy from our community, from Yellowstone, took me under his wing and, and showed me the process, and I was a student
1: of the game mm. in that moment. It's almost like paid in full, right? That Absolutely. Fa- that fast life, man. I remember yes. watching that movie years and years and years ago, man. And, right, right. uh, you know, definitely be a lucrative business to be it, you know, a lot of, a lot of, good. uh, prosperity in that business, but there's a, there's another side of that business that, uh, I'm sure you've experienced and you would tell Absolutely. the youth nowadays to avoid that lifestyle because of the other side yeah. of that business. Yeah. So let, let's let's yes. talk about that, man. What are some of the uh, you know, what are some of the the things that you've had to go through being in that world?
0: Man, I'm gonna just say, man, just say at five in the morning, five in the morning, you hear some busting down your door, your door, and you grabbing both of your straps because I, I keep straps everywhere I go, and um, still do to the day, but. Um, you keep those when somebody comes through your door at five in the morning, Ross, and you hear a boom, and you thinking it's Jackers, and you grab your guns and you run out the gun out the door and you hear US Marshals, FBI, you throw the guns. That's that's the moment that I felt when I first experienced this Like That was that was exactly my moment. I heard a boom. I grabbed my guns. I'm to go towards the problem. I open the door. I see a bunch of infrared lights and I close the door and start throwing my gun. That was the start of me seeing what the other side of this world looked like when the feds came in my life at 22 years old. Um, And it was something really, every situation can set you back, Ross. But honestly, man, I'm gonna be honest, man, to your audience, man prison elevated me man. prison gave me something that I would have never have gotten by still me as a black man being where I'm at today are attaining the information of the books, learning the stock market, networking with other cultures, learning other religions, uh, getting my body together. You know what I'm saying? I would have never got those traits If I never would have went to prison, I'm not saying it was a good thing because you don't have to go to prison to get those things, because I wasn't growing up in the vibe where I was having I I had somebody to be able to plant those seeds in me like that. Well, most other people have resources of 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 family members and and, you know things like that, you know, and and so I so prison was one of those moments where I thought it was meant for my harm at the time. I'm like stressed, you know what I'm saying? But as I went through that, my first time going to jail, going to prison, I did some county, some punk county time before, um, you know, 20 some days before but that was it. Um, but going to prison, that was my first time. So that those moments was a chapter that, a, a chapter of where I'm arriving right now because, you um, my mom played a big role because I had got a love to read books, you know, having no distractions, no phone, no women. Man, I'm going to sit up here and talk stories all day to people. And I I, I just, you know, I still had some money, you know, put up. And I still have my mom to send me a ton of books. I needed to keep my mind focused. So that's where I wasn't reading the business books and investing books and all those books. At that moment, I was just still to the worldly books and stuff like that trying to see who the next drug dealer this, um, books about sex. I I was just trying to keep my mind out of off of stress, but mm. not knowing I was playing those seeds to start going into the business books, getting the Wall Street Journal every month and having other, you know, um uh, books of religion sent to me so that I could learn other, you know, traits and, and have conversations with different people and different races and religions. Uh religion. So that's where those seeds came from from those moments, Ross. Not to go on. I just had to get no, that that place.
1: Yeah, and for the for the people watching this on YouTube, you got a pretty impressive library in the back of you. See a bunch Absolutely. of books up there. Absolutely. I got some more around here too, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: yeah. I'm big man. So I I
1: still. try to tell them man, you know, if you want to elevate your life, you gotta read books. You have right. to. You know, they say if you want to hide something from somebody, throw it in a book, man, because most people don't read them. You got to read them. Man,
0: bro, that's so true. Because the book that changed my perspective and in prison was this author called uh, Napoleon Hill. And everything he talked about is about reading the information because I, I'm, I'm a test of the product because I wasn't reading books in the street, right? And I went to prison to read the books. Now I know, you know, I do other things outside of real estate that I got from a book. And I said, wow, if I never would have read that book, because anybody can read the book, Ross, and just post it, oh, I read the book. But it's the difference when you take the notes mm. and you, and you get, take the pieces out the book and you set a goal to apply the pieces you read from the book. Man, that's when you read the book, to be honest. That's how I had to get taught that way because I was just reading books, reading the books. Like, man, you ain't taking no action. So that's what started programming in my mind.
1: Mm. That's powerful, powerful, man. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I recommend to everybody I come in touch with that uh, every time you read a book or you read a chapter, take 10 things that really hit you, write them down. Right. And just, you know, build like a summary almost from each right. book so you can go back over those points in the future. Because, you know, right. some people read a book, but it's not really; it's not retaining in their mind. They're just reading it, and then it's gone.
0: Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. And I like that book recommendation where we talked about the other day, the Fast Lane with MJ. That book changed my my mind, bro. And I appreciate you because I I'm um, ordering that book on um, Amazon. I always listen to the audio because someone gave me that book. I appreciate that.
1: Millionaire mm. uh, Fast Lane. That's a good one, bro. Yeah, definitely, man. So Robert, how much time did you end up having to serve in, in federal prison?
0: Man, altogether all together, because the first time I did it four four and a half years, then I went on four violations after that, Ross. Four violations, man. Um, each one of those violations was something that happened within on my own self and I I was running through brick walls. My first violation was when I got out of prison, I had went I met a young lady at Papados and decided to have a drink that day. And I had a little small drink, but knowing my system potent, because I was still in the federal halfway house. And as I came back to the federal halfway house, because in the federal halfway house, you really still in prison, but you just one foot in, one foot out you know your your whole method for you to go to the federal halfway house just to integrate back into society get a job get all your you know all your identification this that you know kind of make that transition man that day i came back from papa those i'm happy my time was, was, was up man they was breathalyzing everybody come in and uh that was my first violation because i i didn't supposed to
1: drink Wait, 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 wait! wait. I, I need to, I need to expand on it. So, you have one drink. Mm-hmm. You just so happened to get breathalyzed that day at the halfway house, and ju- just for that, you got sent back to prison.
0: Back to prison where I came from. I I had to do like three, four, four months on there for having a drink. Yeah, but for for in them, they said that I was, you know, had it had a drink in me. That, dude, yes. that,
1: that's fucked up, man. You shouldn't you have know, to go how, back to prison for that, bro. Yeah,
0: I went back to prison, man.
1: How long I, did you I have to do back. when you went back for the for the drink violation?
0: That was four months. Four months of my time going back. Man, that felt so humiliated, man, to go back for a drink. You know I'm a stress was going through my mind? I'm like, bro,
1: a drink? That's, wow. That's mind-blowing, honestly. Yeah. Yes. After just yes. doing four years.
0: Yes. Yes. Come yes, on, Ross. man. Come on. That was, that was that was really, really powerful right there. Then, as I went through that first one, um, as I went through that first one, I got back out, and they sent me back to the halfway house, right? <laughs> this goes so crazy bro <laughs> well, i was now trying to think like a creative so people started biting my style inside the halfway house where i had a down young young chick and i used to want to leave because the people who was working now was kind of like flutes they were some people that were slow so i started you know they they go around and count everywhere at a certain time at night, at 10 o'clock count, 4 o'clock count, if, if you're there at the, at the Federal um, Halfway House. So at 10 o'clock, they walk around. They don't touch you. But I start making a fake dummy in my bed. I start putting my headphones, a pillow, the do-rag. I make legs. And I leave the halfway house at nighttime. So I'm not knowing other people, you know, checking checking my swag out, what I was doing. And I had my girl picking me up as I jumped the fence, you know, cause I know how to dodge the cameras. And one day the guy over the halfway house came in the middle of the night, about one o'clock. And it was about six of us out. That boy came through and took all the beds, took pictures of the dummies. <laughs> and I got violated, Ross.
1: No way. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's actually insane, man. So they violated you for being out and you got sent back to prison. Right. Right. How much time did you have to do for that little violation? Man, for, for, for that one. For that one. Damn, okay.
0: For that violation, I had to actually do, um, for that violation, I had to do six months. Six months on, on that one. Wow.
2: Wow.
0: Yeah. Six months, man. Because um, it was, yeah, it was six months. Yeah, I man, I was making dummies in the bed, bro. Mm. Just to leave, just to, because. Yeah. I felt bad when I went, I'm like, and you know, when you gone all those years, man, then you got some, and you know, at that time I was young, still I was, you know, you know, extra healthy. Um, So it was a, a different perspective, you know what I'm saying? Where I wanted to just jump out there, you know, and and trying to chase women at those times, put you in creative moments to make dummies in the bed. And and that's what I had done at those times.
1: Hey, man, I can't blame you. It's understandable, right? (laughs) Right, right. You know, you're you're right so close to real freedom. You know you can do it. Right. You know, I I understand, man. You know, Robert, doing doing all these years in, in the federal prison, you know, I have done maybe a total of one day ever in lockup. One day for some stupid traffic violation. And that one day was probably one of the worst experiences of my life. It it, was terrible. Just absolutely terrible. I cannot fathom, I cannot imagine what it's like to have your freedom taken away for that long, for, for four, five years. Like, how how did you get through it, man? Like, I'm in one day losing my mind. I know I'm getting out the next day. Sounds petty. Right. But how did you get through doing so much time, man?
0: Man, man, to be honest, Ross, man, I developed, I developed, um, because I was, like I say, through that, through, through those processes, but every time I get violated, I go back on my book journey. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I go back on feed my mind journey every time. That's, that's why I'm writing in my journal because I got so much pain in me now. I got pain in me, right? Um, but I developed a pro-life that was relentless. You know what I'm saying? It was something that I was able to feed off of, uh, and I got more into the infinite intelligence of how good God was even in the process of me going through these defeats. Because I I, I was Muslim for a couple of for probably about a year in prison and I, you know, came back to my Christianity roots. And that showed me a lot of things to get through mentally because that's how they have people get through in prison. They the first thing they give you is the Bible or uh, Quran. That's free. So they try to control your mind through the spiritual el- element because they know that's bringing peace. So that's what kept me in peace through those moments, Ross. Uh, but I'm, but, but in the process, some people can go to prison and just waste time, time, Ross, and just you know dug out, do this, you know. But I was a writer. I used to write a lot of people. Every time I go to when I go back to those violations, and, and the first time I did time. I at least had 14 different women come see me because I was young. I had money at the time, so they just wanted to have that, that oh, I have been. To, I want to see him. So I always, um, I mean, saw him. I always had the support when I was in there. I had, you know, people from the community, different women. So that's what kept my mind at peace. I used to be in a room writing with everybody out there trying to be game members and stuff. I never joined the game, um, never got in no trouble. Uh, but one time when I was in there, I, um, and actually I got in trouble on visit. I got in trouble on visit. I came in, one of, one of my female friends came to see me and the guard was over there. And I'm trying to stick my hand in her pants be kissing. I'm doing everything. I'm, you know, I, I got everything going on. And they, 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 they catch me and see me. I kept going to everybody love. I didn't stop. You know, I said, hey, hey. you know what I'm saying? I, I'm like, perfect. and, and, and that's when I found myself because they sent me to solitary for that. You talking about being in jail for a day? Going to solitary where you locked up 23 hours a day, where it's cold and it's a box, and you hear people bamming on the door all night, screaming. The people that's in a solitary on the hall, people that's that's throwing feces at the guards when they bringing their food. You 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 going through all this people just mm. this all night just bamming on the doors. It just crying, man. That's here for those thirty some days. If you, if I ain't think about everything in my life, what I wanted to do, if I ain't think about every bad situation, if I ain't think about everything I went through as a child, bro, that's all I thought about because you have nothing but you in those moments, and and it's it's like a mindset thing, man. And that's where I really got my pivotal, the the, the 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 process to change my mindset right there. Because I got to rehearse everything. I say, man, I ain't, I ain't going through this again. Mm-hmm. But not knowing, Ross, that I was going to go through two more violations. I'm going to get to it real fast. My second violation was where I got in a um, home invasion back when I was a drug dealer. And guys came in and I shot at one of the guys, I shot one of the guys and and the other guy started shooting me. Um, And I went through that process while I was on federal papers. And um, I supposed to, you know, any, and I lied about, I lied about me being um, shot. I told my probation officer that I was in a car accident because I was on crutches and stuff for a while. Um, And that's after I got out. I got back into the drug game and I got back getting some good, in my mind, I thought it was some success. And uh, I got in the home invasion and I shot shot at these guys uh, when they came in and, and two years later, I got violated. I got violated because my probation officer found out about it two years later. And this was in 2010, Ross. 2010 was the last time I ever did any sold any drugs, anything wrong, and that 2010, they sent me to a maximum prison on accident. A maximum prison is somewhere where people got life sentence with 20 foot ceilings, it's gun towels around, it's the trucks that ride around out there with guns, and it's people with 40, 60 years. They sent me, and I left a camp, a camp with no fence, no gate, I could just leave if I want. They sent me down accident. and. That's where my paradigm shift changed dramatically because I met a guy who had eight life sentences in a hundred years. He had more time than everybody in prison. He was from Houston. And I. And by the time I got there at that facility, I had six months left, six months left. And me
2: mm-hmm. and that
0: guy walked that track every day after lunch. And he wanted to know about the world because he was locked up for 23 years and his kids only can't see him on his hands. He could count five times because to them, he was dead. So that guy poured in me his lifestyle and things he'll change if he was me. And one thing that I know forget, get to this day that's gonna be in my book that I've been working on is that dude talked about his faith in Jesus more than anything. And he was in an eight life, 100 year situation. I said, wow, this guy. And and when I went through that moment, and talk to him every day, he come look for me. Hey, Robin, think, that's let's walk, let's talk. Talk every day, every day. Ask him about my life, this, 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 that. That's the reason I stopped selling drugs, Cross. I, I got out in 2011 from maximum federal prison, which they call bloody Beaumont. And I went through the worst temporary defeat from 2011 to 2013 until I closed my first deal. Mm. And that's how
1: my started. Dude, I cannot wait till you publish this book, man, because you have an amazing, incredible story and a, a huge transformation. I mean, probably one of the biggest transformations that I've ever had the opportunity to share on this show. Uh, so I thank you so much for sharing that. I, I have a couple of follow-up questions. Absolutely. So... My first question is this: So you, during your your bid, you mm-hmm. managed to get through your entire bid being unaffiliated.
0: Yes, yes, unaffiliated. Now,
1: even,
0: yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Even go ahead. When I wasn't affiliated.
1: Now, from what I've heard, it's pretty tough to get through prison time being unaffiliated. Is yeah. that was that true for you,
0: or yeah. no? been. It's Some you know, some people do it for protection, but being from Houston, man, and and you know, it's not like a big game city, man. You know what I'm saying? And in the feds it's like Texas standing together. It's not like Houston, it's Texas. We all together. But mm. they still got the game It's heavy gains and now, but I just I just didn't have that mindset because when I was a drug dealer, Ross, I dealt with buds and Crips who sold drugs. And I never had to affiliate myself. I was just like right now, I'm not a Democrat or Republican, but I donate to them both for strategy and for assets. Same thing I do now. Mm
1: -hmm. I just stay neutral. Neutral. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I understand. Now, when you got out of prison, you said you were on federal papers and there was a situation where you actually had to shoot at somebody. Right. And I know this because we've chatted offline, but for the listeners, this is uh probably one of the most profound stories I've ever heard in my life. Like unbelievable, but you survived taking eight shots to your body. Right. Walk us through that, Robert, if if you don't mind, man. Absolutely. I have a
0: um, absolutely, man. Um, in the process of that, Ross. In the process, in the process of, of that, um, it was it was around Ju- June, hold on, July, July of 2010. This is this is when I was a four time drug dealer at the time, and uh, like I said, I was living that lifestyle. In the process of going through environments and going through uh, things in life. You start attracting certain things, and at five in the morning, as the as the feds came to my house at five in the morning, I got a home invasion at five in the morning, and all of a sudden, two guys burst through my door, um, and in that process, it was either was it killed or big shot, and I still went for my gun even in the process because at that moment, I had to think fast, like things that you know about in the streets. Because sometimes when people rob you, they'll shoot you after they rob you. So in my mind, I had to just take my shot because that night, they they didn't know that I got on my knees that night with my ex-wife at that time, afraid. And in that moment of that happening, I did not know I got shot eight times. I got shot eight times for my legs. I got a rod, I got shot in my arm, my foot. You know what I'm saying? All that stuff. And I got shot up on uh, my side, you know. So those, that moment really made me aware of life and death because I felt myself dying at that moment until I called my dad at five in the morning to pray for me. And he was so happy to be up friend. And that's what I think to this day what kept me alive because when I went down on the ambulance and went got surgery, they said they never saw nobody that didn't go in shock, somebody that, you know, that was calm and I had to get a blood transfusion They didn't have no problems, none of that. And, and you know, so I, I believe God kept me, you know, through the midst of that situation, which that situation is, is a lot of that pain that I use is what I use right now. Um, but at that moment, Ross, I, uh, I had to. I was handicapped for a while. I couldn't walk for a while. I had to go through f- physical therapy. Um, you know, all all those variations that I, I had to go back through. You know, to revitalize myself in the human format. And by by science and statistics, they they came. They showed me on the chart that I never walked straight again. That I walked a little. But I guess
2: you know the education and the
0: science that they had didn't was didn't fit for me because I didn't believe in that. So that's where I'm at today through that process. Um mm-hmm. uh, and 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 that and in that process too as well, Ross, I got out the drug game for a while and I healed over a year. Got my mind back together. And don't you know, Ross, it's just like when you see some fire. Sometimes people gotta touch it to see see it's hot, right? And if you see the fire, of course you ain't gonna touch it. But somebody like me wanna touch it. Man, why I got back into the game, Ross? Um, um, Why I I got back into the game? um, And I gotta take you back. I got shot in 2008. I violated in 2010. So after I got shot in 2008, I healed for a year and got in the game at the beginning of 2010 and I got shot in July of 2010, you know what I'm saying? And that's when I went to prison and I never sold drugs again. So that's how that process went, mm.
2: you know what I'm saying?
0: But I got back in the game after I got shot in 2008. So I had to stick my hand in the fire and go through that fire. And and it's just like one of my other favorite authors, uh, Robert Greene, he talks about all these stories that he go through in his books, Before the 48 Laws and the uh, you know, the art of seduction and all of those books, he tells stories. And a lot of greats have to go through these stories to kind of position themselves and get their mind in perspective. Because I can honestly believe if I ain't go through those stories in those situations, I never I wouldn't have the mindset I have now in, in the intellect, because those situations are all written down. In my journal that I keep with me. So that's how that whole process went from mm-hmm. from being 22 to doing my last violation. My last, viol- I told you about three violations. The, the maximum federal prison was the third one. This this was going to be so crazy. I got violated by being a good guy. I got violated when I was with, shout out to this guy named Ryan D.G. Bunny, great guy. Uh, he put me a part of the largest franchise in the world. Turned me to a beast with my negotiations. He put me, he he put me a part of a lot of negotiation classes that a that a corporation teach to their franchisees that you wouldn't get this. You know, you know, I went through a lot of intense training through that through that platform of that magnitude of that uh, company, and. I violated my fourth violation, Ross, I violated because I was growing his company. I he was spending so much money every month. I was going all around Houston, all Louisiana, all small towns. And I still got the truck that I bought. I bought a brand new truck and I, and it means a lot. It's like how some people wear a certain shirt. I bought their truck because I put over a million miles to make another man wealthy. And I got violated because I wasn't reporting to my probation officer because I was so busy trying to focus on being in my position. And when I got violated, guess who was there in the courtroom? Him, plus about four other people outside my race. That was bad for me because they knew where I was at, what I was doing. They know I was focused and they tried to speak up for me. And the judge gave me five months and I, the judge gave me five months, Ross. I had to go through a fourth violation, brother. But in that fourth violation, I wrote a real estate book. I started a mastermind group that I took from prison and put it out here into the world. And I started a book club, I started mentorship. So those seeds came, a lot of seeds came from my fourth violation. I wrote a real estate book on everything that I do, every YouTube I watch, every strategy that I know. And I put that in the process that I'm gonna launch soon. Outside of my main book, I'm writing a real estate book on my processes mm. to share my processes and stuff like that in my words. Not in nobody else's words from all these various books I got. I'm putting it into mine. So that's what I wrote when I was in there in that fourth time. And I started the mastermind. Um, I started the mastermind group. And I and I started the mastermind group here. So that fourth time really gave me that that perspective, my last perspective or where I'm at now. And that... Fourth violation is what triggered. Because when I got out from that fourth violation, I was on my own. So I was able to use in the last one of the main books that I read in that five-month situation was The Laws of Success. And I started on my own journey from getting out from that moment in 2016 of July. And I've been self-made ever since on my own. I ain't saying self-made just to be flex. I'm saying self-made is this everything I do. It's within my company, within my connections and my resources, not me working for nobody, you know, none of those things, buying my own houses with my own cash and using my private limits to buy stuff as well. So that's been my journey from
1: that moment. Mm-hmm. And, Robert, anybody that is connected to in social media, and we'll, of course, link your social medias in the, in the show notes, you know, just watching you, man, and I, I, I want to edify you here, because you find time every single day to inspire other people. Like, you showcase your daily, you know, schedule. You're always exercising. You're always up early, always up late, always on calls, always touring property. Like, you're a real practitioner, man. You do what you say you do. And I think that's just incredible. So with that being said, you know, what's your message to the people, man? Like, to the listener right now, somebody that's tuned in, they're inspired by your story, like, what's your message, man?
0: Man, Ross, I appreciate that, man. Um, you know, we all a student of, of, of each other, you know? Um, and, and, and like you say, you seen, saw my process, I saw your process and I see other people processes. and So these things are gonna inspire us all, but my message and what I wanna get the people, first and foremost, is I'm never here to impress nobody. It's to press upon that whatever color, background, financial difficulty you have is possible. That's my message. It's it's because the barriers has been broken for us because if you commit something that you believe in you can really do it because we just have do it you know we want the instant gratification we want the microwave results i put in work even though i don't have to put in the work that i put in because i had great people i met that opened doors for me because you know i wasn't trying to be greedy and i'm always trying to provide value that's another message that i want to put out there make sure that you provide value first and more people will be willing to open the door of the doors that you never knew exist. If you go in the restaurant, and it's another door to a secret group. You never knew if you had value to Jimmy or Tasha or Maisha, or something like that. Now you get to go in the other door, another restaurant because of the value that you added. It's the first thing I tell people. And that's the message that I want to share because that's the message that I have got me into opportunities, got me into, um, you know, uh, resources with the private I got because it's all about providing value first and keeping guard
1: first. Mm. Powerful stuff, bro. One thing I, I have to make note of before I forget is you have a badass chair. Like that chair, that's some boss ass <laughs> furniture, bro. That's an <laughs> executive <laughs> chair. Tell us about that furniture, man.
0: Man, you know what, man? Um, my mom my mom helped a lot behind the scenes because I'm so detail oriented and I and I have her to look up stuff for me. And man, uh, actually what's so funny about this when I um, because I, I I used to stay I, I used to stay in a loft, right? I used to stay in the loft, um, nine hundred square foot loft, you know, now I stay in a twenty nine hundred square foot house by myself. So uh, I had to, I had to find, you know, I, I had to find something to fit me in my office. You know, at first, I ain't gonna lie, I walked through Office Depot the first time and my mom said, you don't need no fudge for that. that don't fit you. I said, you sure right, mom, you know, because that's what I'm thinking as an entrepreneur, let me go ahead and get me something. And, you know, uh, I wanted, and, and she helped me find something to fit me, man, to be honest, that's the story behind this. And other stuff that uh, that I, I pick. My mom is like my, like somebody I trust the opinion of because you don't want a lot of yes people around you. And, and that's how I got this function because my mom really directed me in this direction mm. because of the, the brand.
1: Mm. I love
0: it, I, man. I, I appreciate that, too, brother. Absolutely, Cause, bro. Absolutely, bro. Because at the end of the day, brother, you got to get something that's going to fit you. We don't get in this business to make all this money to just buy houses. You don't got to buy flashy cars and jewelry to that promote yourself. I do stuff behind the scenes and stuff like this. Something, you know, furniture and certain gadgets that I like. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's kind of what I'm
1: into. Mm, I love it, bro. Now, Robert, I ask every guest the same question on the show and I'd like to extend that to you if that's cool. Absolutely. In your entire life so far, what has been the absolute best advice that you've ever received? Man...
0: You know what, man? The best advice that I received, man, man. I'm gonna be honest with you, Ross. I'm a, I'm gonna tell you, but I, I, I want to share this to your audience. and this just wholeheartedly, where I'm at in this business, you know, where I'm at. I'm not saying I'm above nobody. I'm saying where I'm at, my journey, being a guy who came in this business with no money. Uh, you know, to doing millions in this business um, uh, in numbers. And in the process, it's been more people outside of my race to share pieces of information and from that pieces of information of having these, not just calling somebody a mentor, but somebody who house I'm going to, somebody I'm eating with, somebody who's who's critiquing me, somebody who's who's asking me, hey, show me, show me your bank accounts. Let me see what you got. You know what I'm saying? You know, people who share me that, who share their bank accounts, probably just you know, see this 10 million, this, that. And the piece of advice I gather for that, man, I don't even like the curse, but man, what I got from that, you gotta do this shit now. Mm. Forward, no lip rascal because it's a lot of people that just flexing on these instagrams and you on instagram too much to be uh posting pictures because that's not gonna get you wealth and one thing and that's for me i'm not trying to be no guy to be impressive i want to really not just look rich i want to be wealthy so all those things that i just said do it now no lip wrestling and you gotta, you know, you you, you gotta go in Ross, because now it's the opportunity for us to position ourselves so that we don't gotta work the way we work it now. So that's why that's my philosophy. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do. You know, because we we lose the focus along the journey and we start captivating these things to make us feel good. But my thing is that I wanna just really pour into the youth. That's why, you know, um, building uh, the nonprofit to provide a mastermind facility that I have a dream to, to build and to surround kids with technology and a wealth of books from different religions and business, investing in health and eating healthy and taking them on field trips around the world to experience these experiences. So if they dad a mom in jail or, or smoke drugs or something, they have somewhere to come to to dream big and they have these groups of goals that they can go on and do. So that's my goal of message what I want to share. Mm.
1: That's incredibly powerful, man. I, I I love that. You know, it the youth, man. Guys, how old are you now, Robert? Man, I'm 38, man. 38. We're yes. almost the same age. The youth, man. That's where it's at, man. That's what's going to count the most going forward into the future because the kids right. coming out of you know out of high school right now, they 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 need direction, man. Even younger, even the teenagers, man, they need direction. They need to uh you know get on that right path. So yeah. I fully, fully support that, man. hundred percent. Dude, Absolutely. next time I get back down to h Town, which is gonna be soon, bro. We gotta catch up, man. Go out for some Absolutely. coffee, get some food. You already know. Man, it's due,
0: brother. It, it it's due, man. And I'm gonna tell you Ross real fast, go to go bad. Um, last time I saw you, bro, you was at the, um, you was at the event where, where you was, um, where, where you was the brand the reacquisition over there at the country club, mm-hmm. you know, last time I saw you in person, bro, and you always got this, this great personality, bro. You speak to everybody, you humble, you, you, you just, and I see why you started this podcast, bro, because you, you humble, and I, I watched you, I know. You know that you one of the heavy hitters in the business of flipping and like i said I, I i i read up on your uncle the book that you shared you know what i'm saying so i know that you are you have great people around you but your personality is what attracted me to a person like you so i just want to say i appreciate you bro be on your podcast it's an honor for me and uh just to you know sit you know in the future to sit down talking with you would definitely be a pleasure bro.
1: absolutely bro thank you so much man i remember when we met bro i remember right. you can't you came up to me man shook my hand yeah. introduced Absolutely. yourself i remember that bro that was a couple of years ago yeah man
0: bro 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 i'm no hater man i'm gonna
1: come i'm gonna come introduce myself to somebody
0: that influenced me man i ain't got nothing against nobody well you know so you have to come make somebody like yourself know who i am if i if i just watch you on instagram or facebook or see you in the in the crowd you don't know me. Just like in my picture, I don't know you. No, hey Ross, how you doing? I'm Robert, man. Pleasure to meet you, man. I like, you know what I'm saying? That's that's me. Mm. I'm trained.
1: Yeah. I, I love it, bro. Uh, I'm super glad that we're connected, man. And um, dude, with that being said, Robert, thank you so much for stopping by the show. It's been a pleasure. You have an absolutely. incredible story to tell, man. It's man. a the transformation is just mind blowing, man. So man,
0: appreciate you, brother. I'll i would.
1: Absolutely, bro. We'll catch up soon, Robert. Enjoy the day. All right, all right, my friends. And that wraps up episode 36 of the Started Somewhere podcast. I want to thank you so much to Robert for stopping by the show and sharing his story. And, of course, a huge thank you to you, the listener, for supporting the show. We're going to keep the content rolling, so make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us some feedback. And as always... I'll see you in the next episode. Take care.